welcome to the Take Care Sis podcast with me, Key, and Kiki. Join two friends for a conversation around self-care in real life. We'll talk about anything on the spectrum from bubble baths to setting boundaries to managing friendships and more. As your sisters, we also just want to provide a weekly check-in. You know, like big sis asking little sis, sis, you good? So come on in, sis. Let's talk about how we can take better care of ourselves. What's up, Kiki? What's up, Key? How are you? All is well. Today was a great day. That's good to hear. How's your weekend been? My weekend's been great. My weekend's been great. My mom came into town um, and I got to host her and take her to, you know, a couple of my favorite spots. My mom and dad, of course, because y'all know that they're a package deal. Um, and they brought my nephew because his mom was doing something. So I got to hang out with my nephew. I tried virtual reality this weekend. Um, we went to a virtual reality gaming center. So much fun. Yes, we look crazy, though. Of course, it's virtual reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We didn't run into nothing real bad. Um, our host was really, really good. Shout out to that guy. I got to figure out what his name is because I'm going to write a positive review. Like, dude was really good. Good. Mm-hmm. How was your cool. weekend? Um, so, it's been good. I'm kind of tired, but... um. When not Wednesday, why do I say Wednesday? Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> I went to a um concert. So I went, my, I went my best friend and we went to we went to the Soul to Soul tour with Kim, Lettuce and Music Soul Child. So was it good? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was good. You no, know, I don't know if you know. Lettucey, but she can sing her butt off. She can. Um, I just find both Lettucey and Kim to be boring. Um, Lettucey? Kim, yes, because me, my friend um, got pleasure out of me just like scrunching my face up the whole time that Kim was on stage because it's not it's not even Kim like Kim makes good music this is the thing that really irks me irks my soul about the way he sings because when he gets to the word girl it is so much pronunciation in it girl girl and I hate it it is like nails on a chalkboard and she was just turning to me just like Like this evil laugh every time. And then she would, to even irk my nerves more, she would be like, same Kim," And like, scream out that. So. She found, she found. Yeah. That's, um, that's my best friend that though. can really, really sing. I just don't. I just don't. I love um, you. Yeah. Yeah. She's um, the Neil Soul version of uh, Lizzo for me. Love her. Respect. Ew, that's artist. a bad comparison. Mm-mm. 
Well, anyway, concert was good, y'all. Don't don't listen to her. Um, I just found myself like I love when singers just literally look like they're not singing. Like she just stand, she be standing there like belting and like don't look like she put in any kind of effort. And I'm just like, how? Because if it was me, I'd be making all the faces, all the body movements, everything to get that sound out. And we know it wouldn't be me because I can't sing. So there it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There'll nope. just be sounds and movements that just wasted sounds and movements. No, so had a concert Saturday night, Sunday, well, today, because by the time y'all hear this, Mother's Day would have been passed. But um, yeah, it wasn't terrible. Um, We didn't do much. We had a cookout with a family. I just wasn't completely. Who's your best friend or did you go see your mom? No, my mom. Mm -hmm. So my stepdad's family had a cookout. And yeah, that's cute. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Here we are today. So it is Mother's Day, y'all. Happy Mother's Day, y'all. Happy Mother's Day. It's all the moon hairs on our madre. I said one. All the madres on our podcast. Shout out to y'all. We love y'all. Y'all keep us in business. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of, my best friend was like when we first when I when she came and picked me up and we were on our way, she was like, It feels so good to like not having somebody tagging along behind me, yelling mommy, mommy, mommy. <laughs> that was her time away from the two little munchkins. Funny, we're gonna talk about that today. Yeah. This is why it's important to have friend dates, y'all. Take your, Take your friends out, y'all. Get them away from them children. F-C-K. <laughs> oh. So, so last week we talked about toxic positivity and its role in mental health. So, you know, we asked the question to you all. Are y'all being actual good friends? Are you wasting your friend's time or wasting your breath on unnecessary filters? Breath, yes. Breath. On unnecessary filters or platitudes, you know, things that just sound good in the moment, but ain't really helping. What y'all, what you doing? You know, that's what we talked about last week. So if y'all haven't listened to last week's episode, please, please, please go and listen to it. It is a good one, especially around this time of year, Mother's Day. You know, we got people dealing with grief. We got people dealing with like strained relationships. Um, Every year I try to make it a point of mine to acknowledge every kind of relationship that comes with, you know, the mother-daughter dynamic. Um, And everybody's isn't always positive, but they don't need your toxic positivity on this day as well. Leave them alone. Check on them, but leave them alone. That's it. Kiki, what we got next? Oh, is it already time for our For the Culture? Yes, it is. So for y'all's mini concert, For the Culture, For the Culture, For the Culture. 
for the culture. For the culture, we gonna get into some topics. Hmm. Culture. 45, your former president. Your former president. Huh? Your former president. Was found liable of sexual misconduct and defamation. Mm -hmm. He will pay out something like five million in damages. Mm -hmm. Yep. President of the United States. Um, And this is just the first of many of these, y'all. So there's that. Um, Wipe them out. Florida. Huh? I said wipe them out. Um, Florida's on fire. Um, and this fire is going to burn the rest of the United States. Um, DeSantis is launching an attack on immigrants. They're calling it an anti-illegal immigrant bill, but let's be real. Um, so, okay, so the bill is Senate Bill 1718. So Florida Senate Bill 1718, and it passed. Um, this bill does a couple of things. It requires employers who have 25 or more workers to use E-Verify as a background check. Okay, so I don't I don't even need to begin to tell you how this is a um, hindrance on an employer. And y'all know employers already be talking about, oh, costs and taxes and benefits and, you know, insurance, blah, blah, blah. So now they got to pay E-Verify? Okay. Um, so I see small businesses hurting with this one. Um, because 25 workers is still considered a small business. So I see small businesses struggling with this one. Um, in addition, E-Verify is probably the least accurate of background checks. Oh, God. But it's whatever. Um, and you know who gets pulled up the most on E-Verify? People that look like you and me. Um, so that's just the first thing. Then, Heaven forbid you have to go to the doctor or probably this probably will extend into all healthcare facilities, but heaven forbid you go to a doctor. Y'all know that thing called HIPAA? Mm-hmm. Damn that. Um, so HIPAA doesn't let you, uh, doesn't let doctors share your medical information. But in Florida, these doctors, when you go to the hospital, are going to have to share your immigration status. So first thing first, when you come you come there like bleeding from God knows what, you're gonna have to show proof of insurance and or or in and proof of immigrant immigration. So you're gonna have to prove that you um deserve for whatever that means, deserve to be in this country. And I just find it hilarious that we have this attack on immigrants when the whole basis of the United States started off as um, so that's two. Three, they are going to um enforce tough penalties for people that are willingly and knowingly transporting immigrants across the border. So either coming into Florida or going out of Florida. They're in your car, your truck, your bus, whatever, your cab, your remember we talked about this before. I was about I to say this, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when it was proposed, and I said this is gonna this is gonna be detrimental to like these car services too, because 
who's checking that stuff? Well, you better because you could get a felony if you get pulled over and they find an illegal immigrant in your car. So basically, um, I don't know if y'all know or not, but I've listened sometimes to, I forget the station, but it's um, Radio 1. And y'all know um, Jackie, is it Jackie? Hughes? Tracy Hughes? What's her name? The radio person, the radio lady, Hughes. Kathy Hughes. Kathy Hughes, um, she actually said that there's like a ban on black people going to Florida. I almost want to tell all y'all that we need to follow this. Um, my only concern is this actually hurts the local infrastructure and the local economy. But y'all have to understand the implications of this immigration bill. Um, just to be stereotypical for one moment. But y'all know that like immigrants are the ones who are working the farms. I love a good mango, a good pineapple, a good orange. Um, what's another one? Avocados. Those are my shits. Y'all realize that a lot, that those come from Florida. So, in addition to inflation, we're now going to have to deal with the fact that Florida's workforce is being decreased because they're going to make this whole immigration thing a big deal. So people aren't going to be able to work their agricultural jobs um, for all the rich people there. Ain't nobody going to be cleaning in houses. Um, what's some other things that people do under the table? Car washes. Like, I'm just thinking of all the jobs where immigrants get paid under the table because immigration is just a tricky thing, right? Um, and your immigration status can lapse from being, you know, say from visa to visa, it can lapse. In that moment, you are an illegal immigrant. Like, that's crazy. So, um, I just... I see the detriment that is going to happen on the local economy, but I also see how this is going to affect us nationwide. So, um, Florida, it's time y'all do something about DeSantis. And I'll leave it at that. Um, since the last time we saw you, meaning just last week, at least two mass shootings have occurred. And these are the two that I have heard about. Um, so there could have been more. Um, so that puts us at 202 as of May 7th. So 202 for 2023. We are on pace to break our record set in 2022 of 647. We on pace, y'all. <laughs> um, yeah, if that's not something we want to be proud of, um, it's just a reminder. That's not the one that we want to win. No. Um, y'all know my girl is Lene Vinay and she does the parking lot every Friday. Well, this time, this week, she actually got to meet with Vice President Harris and Vice President Harris informed the world because I didn't know. Um, Vice President Harris informed the world that back in March, on March 14th, as a matter of fact, uh, President Biden uh, signed an executive order regarding gun reform. And it looks good. Um, I've been listening to a lot of arguments made by 2A people, especially 2A Black people or, you know, gun enthusiasts that are um, of color. <clears throat> and, uh, oh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. Um, cause the biggest thing Biden wants to do is like to get rid of, um, the automatic weapons. And that's a tough argument, right? Um, because sure, I want to be able to protect my family, but 
the problem with automatic weapons is even police officers don't carry automatic automatic weapons. So when you call a police officer to your home, um, unless there is imminent danger, unless it's a standoff, unless it's something crazy, they don't have those automatic weapons in the car. So if someone chasing after me or trying to attack me is more armed than the police, then what are the police going to do? So this is the danger when it comes to automatic weapons. The other danger is there's already so many of them are in our communities. What do we do? We can't. And it is asinine to think that these people are going to give these weapons up. So where do we go from here? But President Biden's um, executive order actually is beginning to hold police. I'm sorry, not police. Um, gun manufacturers accountable. I love that. But I also know that that's probably going to get the biggest pushback because um, people don't want to be accountable. I mean, why? Um, so they are like cracking down on, because y'all know, um, it's always a matter of when guns get shipped or when guns get, you know, shipped to wherever they're going to go. Oh, we lost the box. Well, there's heavy, there's heavy penalties now if you lose a box of guns or if you are advertising to black and brown communities or advertising to kids, stuff like that. That's all in his executive order. The problem is at this point now, we need a Congress that's going to be bold enough to sign this into law. And I think we've seen with this, wherever we are, 144th Congress or something like that, I think we've seen that it's not going to happen. So, um, 2024, y'all, you know what you need to do. Um, Jonathan Majors. We need to move out the country. That's what we need to do. <laughs> you know, I have no problems with that one. <laughs> I have no problems with that one. But anyway, your boy Jonathan Majors, he saw his first day in court um, the other day. Basically, they just told him what the charges are, and he had to agree to the charges. So he's not saying he's guilty. He did agree to the charges. Um, he dating our girl Megan Good. Girl, run. Why? I'm a move on. Um, and in very good news, uh, according to his daughter Corinne's social media, Jamie Foxx is on the men. Yeah, because people were like running with, oh, he's doing really, really bad everywhere it was hilarious because you know we heard the story about him being in the hospital and then i think i heard a story of like him doing better and then i didn't hear anything and a friend of mine had literally just posted a conspiracy theory um about him on social media and then like the next day corinne or i think her name is corinne corinne posted that her dad was fine so yeah. Um, but I'm I do glad he's doing better. I hope he continues to progress. Yeah, I pray for his continued health. So moving on, that was our horticulture. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we've already laid the foundation of mental health for you by discussing that it's an umbrella and defining the terms for you, right? So as a podcast about self-care, we often encourage you to take care of your mental health. And so this month, we want to step out of the mainstream and highlight some self-care topics specific to mental health. 
So last week we discussed toxic positivity and how always looking for the bright side or always chasing good vibes only isn't the healthiest way to cope, right? And this week is Mother's, or this today is Mother's Day. By the time y'all hear this, it would have been Mother's Day two days ago. Um, And we want to first issue a trigger warning and hold space for those that are experiencing feelings of guilt regarding their mother or mother figures in their lives. So today we're going to take a moment to show the moms who listen to this podcast that we see you. We want to take notes from our toxic positivity episode and highlight some of the not so positive mom feelings, experiences, and let our moms know that we see you. So we want to acknowledge that more than 3 million women a year who experience postpartum depression after childbirth, but postpartum isn't the only mental health scenario involving moms. We see you. We see you. (laughs) While we recognize there are many issues that moms may deal with, we want to specifically highlight these three. Yeah. Well, it's time for our theme song. <laughs> Look at the excitement. I am so glad you are excited. I mean, listen, you you be doing these. Um, <laughs> I feel like you might not be as prepared today, but I still want to see what you come up with on the fly. Okay. So on the way back today, you know, I was thinking, I was like, what song can I do? What song can I do to uplift the mamas? Let them know that we love them and we see them, right? Um, So if you don't know, I love an artist named Emily Sande. And this song was from a couple years back. So y'all might have to go on Spotify, on Apple Music, and like look up the song afterwards. You know, after you check out the podcast and hit five stars. (laughs) Right. That's the requirement. Hit five stars and then you go and, you know, tap the search bar and look up Emily Sunday Wonder. <clears throat> so are you ready, Key? You sure? <clears throat> okay. <sighs> I'm thinking the melody. How love I got the words and the melodies just left my Okay. Hey, mamas, we love you because your love is like no other. This song is for you because you are full of wonder. Oh, 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 your love is like no other. Oh, oh, oh. Because of you, we're full of wonder. (laughs) And then the bridge goes. Your love is contagious. We're going to tell our neighbors. Just reach out and pass it on. Oh, yeah. Your love is contagious. We're going to tell our neighbors. Just reach out and pass it on. Oh, yeah. And for those who may not be able to resonate or to relate, Okay. If this doesn't resonate, then we're holding space for you. If this doesn't resonate, 
Just know we're holding space for you. Okay, I'm done. I'm unfamiliar with the song, so I was a little lost, but it sounded good. So we're going to move on. That's why I so, said they have to look it up afterwards. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the ambivalence that motherhood brings or that people experience in motherhood. Ambivalence is having two opposing feelings at the same time or being uncertain about how you feel. Maternal ambivalence specifically, this is the opposing or conflicting feelings regarding motherhood. One as a role as a mother, as your children, or a mix, right? So according to Many Moms, an article written last year in the Washington Post by clinical psychologist Elise DeBro-DeMarco, I hope that's how we say it, um, motherhood is full of emotions that fall between, between sunshine and rain or that that are contradictory. Like you're ecstatic if your child is growing into their independence, yet they no longer need you. So that makes you a little sad. If you're a homeschooling mom, for example, you're grateful that your kids are in your safety every day. You don't got to worry about school shootings um, and you have control of what they're learning or perhaps not learning um, the Ten Commandments. Um, but you also could use a break and you're tired of seeing those sweet little faces. Mm -hmm. uh, as, you mom, as a mom, you just might be a little irritable. Like when you start to cry because you go to the store and they're out of the one brand of chicken nuggets that your little chicken nugget eating toddler will eat. Um, and I mean, any soda bottle will explode when you shake it, right? The same goes for motherhood. When all the stresses of life are getting at you, then you go to the store and they're out of freaking chicken nuggets. You're ready to explode. Um, according to DeMarco, motherhood is joyful, but yet also filled with grief. When you first become a mother, you may grieve the loss of your child-free, independent life. When we send our kids out into the world, whether for the first day of kindergarten or the first day of college, you grieve the loss of your baby or your loss of the role of a caretaker. And then there's the grief you may feel for a child you experienced. Um, sorry, there may be grief for the child you expected to have, but ended up not having. Finally, there's mom guilt and judgment. You take a video of your toddler eating Cheetos, and of course they're on the floor. Um, and of course, you know, your toddler's eating them off the floor. And you take that video and you post it, and then boom, here come the super parents. Um, or the harsh judgments that you yourself may give, um, like feeling guilty for giving in and having let your child have the Cheetos. Or, for example, having screen time when you said no. Well, when you said that I'm only going to I'm going to limit their screen time, but then you needed a freaking break and you let them have the screen time then you feel guilty. Um, those are all examples of ambivalence and motherhood. DeMarco says, let yourself feel all the feelings, the happy moments, the guilt, the grief, the joy, and then show yourself some compassion when you need to. Motherhood is not about preventing bad feelings. It's managing them. That is the definition of self-care, right? All right, so let's talk a little bit about mom guilt. So mom guilt refers to specific feelings of guilt mothers, parents experience that relate to their role as a mother and their ability to meet their, ch their children's needs. Like anyone, mothers experience feelings of guilt for a, a wide variety of reasons, 
including feeling bad about working or having a desire to have time away from their kids. So here are five common reasons for why women may experience mom guilt. Number one is aggression. Mm. Number two is the desire to leave or exit. So, you know, you get to those points where you just like can't take no more. You're like, I don't want to be no mama right now. I don't want to do it. I do not want to do it anymore. Peace out. (laughs) Number three is working mom guilt. Just having the guilt of like having to go to work and not being able to spend as much time with your kids. D is preferential treatment. And I'm guessing this means like to certain kids, like certain children in your family, like you have one preference over the other. Um, And I was having this conversation with mom today, actually, about how some people will think that you love one child more than the other. But. And a lot of times it's not that parents or moms love one child more than the other or prefer one child over the other. It's very situational. Like every mm-hmm. child is every child is different. And so some child, <clears throat> some children need a little bit more, like, for example, hands-on nurturing mm-hmm. versus the other child. So it looks like preferential, preferential treatment. Um, mm-hmm. And probably if you look at it in totality, it's probably not. Um, this also can refer to preferential treatment. Um, so I never really understood how much a woman's, a mother's partner I'm going to say a mother's partner because, yeah. So a mother's partner um, infects or affects her motherhood as well. So if the partner is now feeling feelings of jealousy or whatever for the kid. Mm, That too. I was also going to go in the direction of like, you may think that you're giving preferential treatment or they may think that you are to their siblings, but it also could be that like, you and one of the children have more things that you like to do in common than the other. They're just different. So you're, it's not that you love the other any less. It's just that y'all, you love them a little differently than the other. So of course that just feeds into the mom guilt. And last, the motherhood myth. So many women feel that their mom guilt is not situational, but instead it is related to cultural expectations about being constantly loving, never being angry, and being ever attentive. That seems like a lot. That seems like they trying. They think that you're supposed to be God. You omniscient, omnipresent, everything. Like you got to do everything all the time. (laughs) Who can do that? We can't do that. Like when you be looking at these videos online, people be like, if you paid more attention to your kids, they wouldn't be eating the Cheetos off the floor. Toddlers love the floor. They're right they there do. at the floor. They do. Anything on the floor is fair game to them. Because <laughs> they can't reach the table. And that's the logic that people don't have. Like, I'm just like, they can't reach the table. So that's why everything is on the floor. It's easily accessible to them. If y'all get them a low table, and put food, meals, playtime, all that other mm-hmm. stuff on the table, then that's where they will be. It's but still if you have a table floor. up here, <laughs> huh? It's still going to end up on the floor. Well, it is still going to yeah. end up on the floor. But still, you have a, a better chance of them not eating off the floor yeah. if they have a toddler table. But if you right. got an adult table, I don't care how many seats or whatever you got to pull up there, the kid still has to get there when they can 
easily just go into that amazing squat that they do. Yes, the malasana. <laughs> I've missed other hips. The um, yogi malasana poses. <laughs> yeah, but it's just easily accessible. So y'all, don't stop shaming these moms for their children eating off the floor. Yes, please, please stop. So mom guilt can show up in many ways and lead to a number of mental health issues, such as anxiety, depression, or even disassociation as a response to your own past trauma and experiences of stress. We talked about these in the first episode this month about mental health awareness, right? Listen, I can't even imagine, like, me dealing with my own shit is hard enough. I then can't imagine that I have to be present for another individual but the thing is like you, I can't even I don't I couldn't find myself criticizing moms too much because they have this like seventh sense of their children like they know it's something that I don't have like I'm I'm not going to be able to predict what my kid is going to do because I don't have the kid like they know and they can tell you everything that they're going to do so, like, everybody that, you know, tries to come at mothers, like, y'all think about that. Can yeah. you predict what their child is going to do? No, they can. Yeah. Just like you can do with your children. The only thing I come from moms for is all y'all with children that are, like, under, like, six months and be upset. Be upset or either swear that that baby, he only says dada. He only says that baby is not saying dada. That's literally one of the first sounds that babies that speak English make. Um, and this may be universal. I'm not even, it might even be all babies, but I know for sure if the baby grows up in a household hearing English, dada is one of the first words they're going to say because it's the easiest for their mouth. The tongue just hits the roof of the mouth, makes the dust sound. Mom requires muscles and lips. And, um, oh, don't take that away from them. They be getting excited, okay? Don't no, no, no. This is for the moms who be in tears because the baby won't say mama. I'm with him all day and all he says is Jada. Friend, that's not what he's saying. <laughs> that's the only time I really want to get on moms. Other than that, I can't do it or I didn't do it. So you got it. Um, but I did take speak, take uh, child psychology and they're not saying dad. They, they're not there yet. All right. So when should you get help? We just talked about the anxiety and depression that comes with the mom guilt. So when should you get help? Mom guilt can feel very isolating and lead to even more mental health problems. So it's important to seek help if you start feeling overwhelmed. Although it's not technically a diagnosis, the heaviness and impact that guilt can have in overall on overall daily functioning is alarming. Finding healthy supports both peer and professional support groups can be extremely validating and talking to a therapist on a regular basis can help you build insight and navigate how to manage these feelings look we once again i'm telling you to get a therapist girl that's gonna be early because you know mommy's be feeling overwhelmed at the beginning um so the church that i used to attend they have a mom's group um, I won't put it out there just in case people are familiar, but they have a mom's group and the mom group is open for pregnant moms all the way through moms of 
I think mom stopped coming after the kids kind of get out of like school age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know that there is an age limit for the moms <laughs> in the mom's group. Um, and it tends to be a safe haven for the women in the church that decide to homeschool. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they definitely need a support because they don't get that opportunity to be away from their kids. So the stay at home moms, and it's weird. It's usually stay at home, not usually, but it's often stay at home moms that also homeschool their kids. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it's a good time because these moms have an opportunity to, uh, fellowship, be together and or discuss. Um, and then the kids can go play and you know where the kids are. They're like kind of eyesight or at least they're in the children's church area, which is around the corner. They're not far. Um, but I know this is a safe haven for these moms. It's a little mini, it's yeah. a support group. It's a big support group. Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, a little therapeutic. So I encourage you to find your mom group. Um, yeah, and, I want to say the church that I went to, like, you didn't have to go to our church to go to the mom. Yeah. Ours does the same thing and they have a mom group as well. And I don't know if they offer virtual like options as well. So if y'all are like far away, you still can kind of come into the meetings. Um, yeah. Would it defeat the purpose? Would it? Even if you have the support to talk to other moms? But I would want to get up out the house. If I'm in the house all day with a two-year-old, I want to get out. I want out. But this is also who I am. Yes. Not everybody's like that. All right. Um, so guilt is feeling as if you did something bad. Shame is feeling that as if you are bad. And when a person experiences shame, they may mistakenly feel that they're inadequate as a parent. So again, guilt is feeling that you've done something bad. Like, oh, snap, I spilled the water. This is bad. Shame is... I'm a bad person. I spilled the water. So speaking of guilt and shame, let's get into 13 ways to overcome mom guilt. Now, we are not, we are not experts. These are just suggestions, y'all. And we hope that it can help those that it resonates with. And I got this out of a mom blog, so pick it up with them. So number one is to practice self-compassion. Y'all have some self-compassion. Like everybody's not perfect. Everybody does not go into parenthood knowing everything. I think that's one thing that I realize and I acknowledge, you know, like even if I have a conversation with my mom and she's like, I just, I don't think I did that right. And I'm like, girl, what? Like, (laughs) you know, like just give yourself compassion. There's so much. I just think it was so much going through women's heads, like mother's heads when they have these two little humans that they have to keep alive or one little human they have to keep alive. And then they add another and another, you know, like that's a lot. So sometimes your decisions may be good at the time, may not be good. Who cares? You learn it along the way, just like everybody else. Give yourself some compassion. And just like everybody else, if you make mistakes, just learn from them and keep going. That's all you can do, honey. Number two, communicate and ask for help. For all of you who have your aunties and all your people in your circle that help you. And your partners. Yes, Mm -hmm. and your partners. Look to your circle if you really, really need some help. 
Say hey, sis. Hey, bro. Um, can y'all help me out today? <laughs> you know, like, or can you give me some advice or something? Or can you just sit and listen to me today? I just need somebody to talk to. Um, communicate. Ask for help. That's what people are here for. As my church says, we're not meant to do life alone. Don't be sitting there following stuff up. Um, number three, identify your supports. So those people that you need to communicate with, identify who you get, who you have in your circle, your parents, your partner, your friends, you know, siblings, all the people that you can call on, the people, the family that you pick, your friends, all of those people. Identify who your supports are, including your therapists and counselors, all of those people. Who's your support system? Who can you call when you need them right right then? Next is to let go of expectations. This is a big one because I think we have, we go into everything with some level of expectations. And if you don't meet them, then that's going to bring on your mom guilt, right? Like, damn, I didn't do this. Or damn, I didn't do that. You know, like, you're going to have to let go of some of those expectations and flow with, <laughs> with the motherhood, flow with the parenthood and figure out as you go. Number five, if possible, hire help. This is something we do not like discuss enough because I feel like people look down on you if you actually like hire help. <laughs> and not even directly with like people helping with your kids. Maybe you hire help to like clean your house. Clean your house. Maybe you hire help to um meal prep. Yeah, meal prep. Hire a chef. Hire somebody that's gonna give you your meals. For your kids and for you. That's going to help you out a lot. Especially nursing moms. Hire the meal prepper. I don't care. Look, if your mother-in-law cooks very well, mm-hmm. throw mother-in-law some, some money and some, some Tupperware and have her make some food for you. Because I can't imagine <laughs> nurse standing over a stove. Y'all know I don't like to cook in the first place. But then add <laughs> Yeah. Hire help, y'all. Look, buy your groceries. Like, go ahead and order your groceries and have them sent to your house so you won't have to take them kids to the grocery store. Instacart. (laughs) Like, all of those things that you can kind of automate to make your life easier. And if you can't afford it, why not? And here's another one a virtual assistant. Have somebody to help you pay your bills or, you know, to just make sure that that's supposed to be done on time or automate your bills. Like during the first, mm-hmm. you know, for first couple months of, especially cause you know, that mommy brain is a thing. Yeah. Automate your bills, hire virtual assistants. Um, if you own your own company, definitely hire an assistant. Uh, I mean, if you got to go to work, you can't really hire an assistant, but you know, hi- hire help y'all. Hire help. And again, it does not have to be a nanny. We are talking about all the other various extraneous things that you might need. Hire help. Mm -hmm. The next one is to remember who you are beyond motherhood. This is actually a big one, I think, because it's so easy for moms to get lost in their kids, get lost in like what they have to do and learning their kids' lives being active in their kids' lives, going to the meetings, going to the track meets, going to T-ball, going to all, 
all this stuff like it's so it's so easy for you not to do the things that you want or remember like what you like to do and that goes into the next one which is schedule time to relax <laughs> self-care ladies self-care um schedule your time for self-care and a very good example is like I told you I went with my best friend she has two kids we went to the concert that was her time away also she told me that the next day she had her massage schedule yes she has to drive to drive a little ways to go get it but she's gonna do that and basically that's her whole time to herself to be able to do what she needs to do right so y'all got to schedule that self-care and even if that self-care is Pick one of your friends and buy some concert tickets because that's what we be doing all the time. <laughs> you know, like friend dates, y'all do something. Do something for yourself. Schedule time to relax. Um, practice gratitude. When no dates with your partner, hire a babysitter. Yes. Send them kids to their grandma so you and your partner can still have dates. Send them kids to their grandma. Send them kids to their aunties. Send them kids somewhere. FDK. Um, <laughs> practice gratitude often. That's a good one. Be thankful for everything. Yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but listen, when you practice gratitude, though, don't be careful, right? <clears throat> we talked about this last week. Oftentimes, we um, it, it's a toxic positivity thing. We'd be like, well. You know, it could be worse, or at least mm. I didn't lose. You know, like don't <laughs> just yeah, try don't. to gratitude. Like, don't make statements like, "Well, at least I I have these children." Mm. Um, no, your statement wants to be more like, "I am grateful that God is interested," or whoever your higher power or whatever the stork, if it is, I don't know. Um, I'm grateful that I have these children you know like you don't want to practice that toxic positivity point of well at least i got kids or you you know because you know many people that lost children or something whatever be, be kind of, to yourself. yeah be kind to yourself it's kind of hard when you're like when you explain before where two things can be true at once like children are a blessing but they are also annoying <laughs> Like children are a blessing, but they are also annoying. So don't feel guilty about that. Practice gratitude that and you love your kids, you're glad that they are here, but they also get on your nerves. This is why we're giving you these tips. So they won't run you crazy, right? That's that's it. Um the next one is take take it one tantrum at a time, y'all. One tantrum at a time. Okay. The next one is identify the sources of guilt. Why do you feel guilty? Which, I mean, we've kind of given you the sources or given you an idea of what sources may cause you to feel guilty. And it can be a, a culmination of things, right? Like, it could be your kids. Like, I shouldn't feel this way because they're my kids. They're a blessing. Or, you know, I'm not doing it like these other moms are doing it in this group identify what is the root of your actual guilt that's how you start to actually figure out 
why am I thinking like this? And then try to turn it around. Like, I don't, I need to practice self-compassion because why? And then recognize irrational thoughts. Your child falls and bumps his head and you'd be like, if I was on, if he was only what? They don't even have good equilibrium. You mm-hmm. should probably don't fall anyway. Like, don't, don't beat yourself up for that. And most of the time they bounce up and just keep going around just happy as I, I don't know what. They're made of Play-Doh. <laughs> Babies are like fragile and also tough. Right. <laughs> like babies will go and hit their head and come back and be like, Hey, is it time to play again? <laughs> They're like putty. Mm-hmm. They'll be okay. They'll be okay. They tough. They tough. <laughs> um, leave the haters behind, y'all. Like she said before, if you posting stuff, you know, posting your cute little videos and people want to come at you, oh my god, why is she doing that? If you would have watching that baby, he wouldn't have failed. Or if you did this, he wouldn't have done that. My girl, shut up. Block game be strong. You hear me? Click. Shut up. Okay. This is my baby. Mm-hmm. My baby's fine. <laughs> and then last, listen to your children and listen to your intuition. So like I said earlier, mommy's got this six and seven cents that we don't have sometimes about their children. And they can sense when something's going on without even hearing anything or seeing anything. You know how they always say when babies get quiet, they up to something? I think even before they get quiet, the mama be like, hold on. <laughs> I'm going upstairs to check on these little munchkins because I know they up to something. You know, like, <laughs> like we be sitting there like, oh, it's quiet. They be like, uh-uh, before it even get quiet, they be like, uh-uh, I'll be back. I'll be back. Cause I know that I know that little girl is up there doing something, <laughs> and also just listen to your children too, because we know that children tell the truth. And I think about this in regards of safety. You know, like being around certain people. Your kids are not crazy. If they don't feel right around somebody, they gonna let you know in one way or the other by their actions, or they gonna start crying. Like they gonna start hollering, or they gonna start being like. Mm, get me away from this person you know like that's what I think about when we say listen to your children and your intuition both of them gonna tell you something you need to know but I feel like I didn't even have to tell them that you know they knew that already <laughs> we see you moms we, we see, see you mm-hmm. so the last thing that we're gonna talk about in letting moms know that we see you is moms being touched out Okay, so I have a new internet therapist that um, I enjoy watching. Her name is Dr. Raquel Martin. Um, Black woman, she always has amazing glasses. Anyway, um, so she brought this up the other day because she's a mom of youngsters. And I was like, huh, who would have thought? So it's the concept of being touched out. What is touched out? It's the love and desire for physical contact with your children. Like, oh, you love hugging and kissing them. At the same time, it's your need for bodily autonomy or the sense that your body belongs to you. That bodily autonomy drives feelings of irritation, panic. And when the contact comes when we don't want it or when we need a break, there then comes this sensation of tremendous guilt. So 
you love. So once again, we're going back to ambivalence. You love your kids and you want to hold them. You want to touch on them. They're so sweet. They're so cute. They smell so good. But especially when they're like toddlers and beyond, they get to walking. They just come. And I've seen this like a bunch of times and it. I don't know the emotion that I have towards it, but I'm always like shocked when it happens. But when you see kids who are like walking, talking, maybe even got a full mouth of teeth, and then they come and grab their mom's breast when they want to be nursed, that one, every time I'd be like, and I don't know, is it shock, horror? I'm not quite sure. So I'm just going to leave that emotion blank. But I am saying that this is one of those things that I imagine when I think of being touched out. Um, We'll talk more about this. So one of the things no one ever talks about regarding motherhood is how once you once you become a mom, it's like your body is no longer yours. Um, as soon as you become pregnant, doctors' visits focus on the health of the child, the heartbeat of the baby, um, so on and so forth, with little attention being paid to your health or your health only as far as it affects the baby. So yeah, we'll even um, address uh, that blood pressure thing when moms have eclampsia. I forget what it's called. But when the blood pressure is too high, it's only they care about your blood pressure because if your blood pressure is too high and it goes, you ain't going to be able to incubate this baby. So everything goes back to the baby. Um, this is your first introduction to the biological and social imperative that will hang over you from like now on. Your health and well-being literally become secondary to your babies. Um, this is a thing that came up during um, COVID when mm-hmm. at the height of COVID, they were like, what do we do to the moms? The moms just have to get COVID, but they were they were concerned about um, inoculation and vaccinating moms and stuff like that. So, and really, they were concerned. They were like, "But what about the babies?" And like even nursing moms, "But what about the babies?" And I'm just like, "What about the moms?" Anyway, um, <clears throat> this becomes complicated because physical affection is incredibly important for the emotional and physical health of children. And mothers are still, they still provide the majority of affection and physical presence for their children. This is according to a study that was just done in 2000. So women also provide the majority of the affection and physical presence for their male partners. Um, Men tend to go to their female partners for emotional and physical support while seeking, while women seek support from their female friends, right? So your baby needs you physically. Then your man come home. And he needs you physically. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a lot. And so this is how that touched out thing become becomes mm-hmm. a thing. And this is when most women notice it. They don't notice it so much with their kids because mothering just becomes so secondary. It's usually when they flinch or men always complain. Men are sex life shame. She doesn't want to be touched like that. Mom is touched out. Mm-hmm. So compound this or imagine this with a woman who ex- who has experienced trauma from a situation where her bodily autonomy was not respected. That's a recipe for a little disaster. Um, so these are all examples of being touched out. So how do you manage touch out? Well, we're about to talk about these acts can reduce your sense of physical saturation so that you can delight in the physical affection from your loved ones, as well as demonstrating for your children how to manage bodily boundaries. And this is important, right? If you don't manage your bodily boundaries, you're also setting a poor example for your children. I ain't trying to shame or guilt nobody, but 
practicing bodily, you practicing bodily autonomy is also a very healthy boundary to set for your kid. And they see this as an example. So the first step is to understanding why it happens, understanding that it's normal and a shared experience among mothers and give yourself some compassion for the experience. Remember, showing yourself compassion is always the same, is the same as how you deal with like mom guilt and yeah, we were talking about mom guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, so showing yourself compassion keeps coming up, y'all. Um, second, communicate about this experience with your partner. That is super important. Be mindful and tell your partner that your negative reaction to his or her touch is not about or it's not towards them. It's being needed physically in that moment for someone else's comfort. You've had to be the comfort for your child all day. And now someone else is requiring your comfort. That's a lot. And this is what you explain to them. For many partners, physical affection is their primary love language. Um, being able to show, being able to show and receive love in one way or another for the time being can help maintain the relationship you want with your partner. So if you have a partner and his or her love language is touch, maybe after having this conversation, you begin to show your partner their secondary language or another love language. You're, you're giving them all the words of affirmation or you're giving them all the acts of service might be hard, but you give them, you show them love in some other way. Um, finally, begin to set regular daily breaks for yourself away from your family. Yep. Have a FDK moment. Mm-hmm. Some time to yourself. Um, and finally, like it's quite, it's okay and quite healthy to tell your kids you need some space. This has the dual purpose of helping you assert your needs for your body and modeling for your children the ways that they too can assert their bodily autonomy. Right. And they're going to mirror what you say or what you do. So if you're telling them like, I need some space right now, that also opens the door for them to say, mommy, I need some space right now, you know, like, and be honest with you as well. And then y'all have boundaries with each other, healthy boundaries. And the healthy boundary comes in good when you have multiple kids, right? Because when you have a child, (laughs) especially when, you know, there's always going to be a little brother, little sister dynamic, right? So when the baby needs or wants to come around to the older one, it's sometimes hard for an older one to be like, no, I want to So if you mirror that for your older child, your older child can now be like, I need some space. Mm-hmm. So I love that. All right. So we should move on to our self-care in real life segment. Self-care in real life. So. We want you to know that your feelings aren't the issue. How you cope with them is. So take good care of yourself and you'll be better equipped to face the lifetime of feelings ahead of you. The work for moms lies not in preventing bad feelings from happening or frantically trying to push them away, but in showing ourselves compassion when we have them and figuring out ways to respond to them effectively. So that might include asking for help when you need it, Saying no, we've said that before, no is a complete sentence. Um, (laughs) Carving out time in your schedule to do yoga or call a best friend or watch Bridgerton. I'm so behind on that. Um, (laughs) 
even just allowing ourselves a one minute pause during the chaos of the day to take a few deep breaths. Y'all know how powerful it is to just sit and breathe fully and deeply for a few minutes. How calming it is to your nervous system. So when you start to get worked up, and I know there are varying levels of anxiety and sometimes a deep breath ain't the, it's not the answer. But if it works for you, please sit down for a few minutes and take a few deep breaths. That's it, y'all. That's it. So we just wanted to shed some light on, you know, a few of the struggles that moms may have during their parenthood. And we know that parenthood lasts a lifetime after you have that child. So like even in your, you know, your older years when your kids are grown, you still have to enforce those boundaries because, you know, we still. But I need Darlene to know that I'm still getting a hug whenever I see her. So uh, (laughs) bodily autonomy be damned. You get to have that when I'm not around you, but I'm around. Right. Does your does your mama like try to push you away when you be doing that? Like, get off me. Okay, so it's not a problem. Okay. Um, no, it's not a problem. Um, but yeah, so this this podcast or this episode was important to us because number one, we wanted to honor our mothers that watch or you know participate in a very special way. We want to let y'all know that we see you, but this is also for you non moms out there too. Like, you can actually try to help out your mom friends understanding this. And maybe you understand, like, if you're that touchy-feely friend um, and girl and you got to put your hand, maybe, you know, mom doesn't want to be touched when she's with you. Maybe she just wants some space. Or you and your friend, y'all go to the concerts and y'all travel with the concerts, right? Mm-hmm. Um Hypothetical, I don't know you you and your friend like that, but maybe when y'all have these weekends, it's not the time to try to save money and share like a king size bed. No, maybe y'all get two adjoining rooms or maybe you get two queen beds. Whatever you do, give mom her space. Mm-hmm. But this is, so I thought this, um, some of these tips were also important for us non-moms to help with our mom friends. Yeah, I agree. All right, y'all. So that's it for the episode. We are telling y'all to share as we do every week. Share the episode. Like he said, it's for everyone, for our mom friends and for our friends that are not moms, but have friends who are moms. Um, Share it with your peoples, y'all. It's a good episode. You can talk about like, especially with your mom friends, talk about how they feel in, in these moments, right? When they feel overwhelmed. When they need help, what do like? How can you tell if they need help, even if they can't verbally express it at the time? Um, that'll help you out a lot. This is a good one to also share with your male partners. So I told y'all the men's is listening, and what the men's is trying to listen, they're trying to figure out how to better take care of their women partners. So share this one with them because they need to know, baby, it's not you. I just don't want to be touched. Right. Yeah. Share it with everybody, y'all. And of course, um, we love to get your ratings and reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Hit the five stars. Give us a review. If you're on Spotify, all you got to do is hit the five stars under the title. Click on the podcast. There's a little star under there, a little rating thing. Click on that. Hit five stars, and that's it. That's That's all you got to do. That's what gets us seen in the podcast world. So we're trying to grow grow our audience, grow our community, y'all. 
so we can have more community events, you know? And um, yeah, just share it. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and share, like, comment, subscribe, all those good things. And yeah, that's it. And we want to remind y'all to take care of yourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, professionally, financially. All those things, okay? All those things help you to take care of yourself holistically, right? That's what we want to remind y'all to do. And key, I want you to take care of yourself this week, please. I start with my trainer this week, so y'all pray for me. Um, but Kiki, you take care of yourself too. Thank you. So that's all we got, y'all. We will see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.